Welcome to Sorry I Only Read Rom-Coms. My name is Anu and I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. It has been a while and I just disappeared. Like no warning, no heads up, no awkward conversations about how I needed space where what I actually meant was brace yourself, I'm about to break up with you. I just ghosted you like a fuckboy and I'm coming back, really expecting you to take me back because of all the fun times we had. Um got distracted there my point is i'm back and i miss you i actually did mean to be gone for that long but life decided to you know life and fam i've had to adult so hard this past couple of weeks but okay so the thing is sorry i only read rom-coms isn't on my to-do list per se it's my joy space it's my happy place it's my escape so when i got overwhelmed with work i was like yeah maybe next week and then one week passed and two weeks and three weeks and here we are but i'm back <laughs> the good news is i've read some amazing books that i can't wait to gush about And speaking of, there are three books that I consider life-changing. And by life-changing, I mean reading them created a light bulb moment. They changed my perspective on things. They helped me name things about myself. And most importantly, they changed behaviors. They changed my behavior. So, um, yeah, I'm going to talk about them. I don't think I've talked about them on here before. So, let's dive in. The first one is Waiting in the Wings by Melissa Braden. I found this book after a long, long hunt for sapphic rom-coms. I think I read this in 2017. I remember the period um, I was preparing for my thesis defense, for my master's, and I guess I needed to pick me up. I had read stories that were mostly erotica, probably written by men. And you know, you just know when a man is writing about a woman by how he describes her, especially when he's writing about two women having sex, please God. I should probably do an episode about the male gaze in rom-com and maybe another episode about the straight gaze in queer rom-coms, but that's not today's big idea. Anyway, I was really desperate to find sapphic rom-coms because I wanted more. I wanted women with hobbies. I wanted women with jobs, with likes and dislikes and background stories. I wanted women who put their foot in their mouth when they see their crush. I wanted variety in the attraction styles I'd read. You know, beyond the typical objectification, I wanted women that noticed quirks. I wanted distinct personas. Like, I wanted to see how they showed up in relationships. This was actually, this was like a time where I was curious about how queerness looked beyond the politics of it. And by this I mean yes to all the policies and rights and parades and everything. But really, what does one woman loving another woman look like? Like how what does it look like as people with stories to soon at, not just numbers or populations to advocate for or pity but as lovers and partners you know and this book was my first answer to this question it is melissa braden's first book and it was such a beautiful beautiful experience so it follows the story of adrian she is a theater maven and jen a newbie and thinking about it now it's probably not my favorite book by her 
I hadn't fully like she hadn't fully like built the wits and banter that she's known for and the conflict was a bit flat and ridiculous to be honest I think what happened I think Jen had an opportunity to start in a show and she took it but Adrian saw it as her choosing a job over her mind you Jen was just starting her career so it was like what do you want her to do say no to her big break so what and both of them could afford flights to navigate a long distance relationship so that part was a bit weird I don't know if it's because I hated the, the character flow I hated writing not really hated but I was just like judging both of them I'll probably give it give the book um, a six over ten or maybe a three star rating to be honest I actually forgot the title until I had to write this episode but it was a first it was my first and it was a very very beautiful first I have now read all Melissa Brady's work and I love her and if you listen to at least three episodes of Sorry I Only Read Rom-Coms, you'll know that I favor her stories here. And hey, it's Pride Month, so yeah, jump into that if you're still waiting on that. Um, so yeah, that's the first one. Thank you, Melissa Braden, um, and thank you, Waiting in the Wings, for being an amazing entry point for queer rom-coms for me. Love it. Up next, we have all about love by bell hooks listen this is one of the books that i have been most evangelistic about fun fact about this book actually um it low-key prompted the creation of this podcast i wanted to start one in 2019 but i sort of shelved the idea because um i don't know i just i just wasn't into it then but then i was talking about this book and i gushed about it so much and the feedback was you should start a podcast and here we are so all about love well where shall we begin <laughs> i my favorite thing about this book is how it covers different dynamics when it comes to love romance familial love platonic love community spiritual self-love even love in grief like when love leaves what happens and then the next thing i love about it is the clear definition of love it gave and how healthy that definition is so she says that genuine love is a combination of care commitment trust knowledge responsibility and respect and it is the will to extend oneself for the purpose of nurturing one's own or another spiritual growth. So there's a tangible aspect of care, of being responsible, of mutual respect. And there's also the part where you move beyond the physical to nurture your own and another person's spiritual growth. The work of unpacking what spiritual growth looks like alone, it's its own beautiful labor of love. And I'm here for it. Next, she separated care from love. Oh, yeah. As a Nigerian and a trauma survivor, first, I think seeing this distinction, I was just asking myself why she was separating these two and why I had to separate these two. But we tend to mix up provision as love, and a lot of guilt comes from that. But Miss Hook said, nope, not on my watch. And I love the process of learning how to distill the two. And I've gotten so much peace from it. She said that care is a dimension of love. But simply giving care does not mean that we are loving. 
off the top of my head, I'm thinking of familial relationships, romantic relationships, or even religious spaces that center on charity as part of their spiritual expression. Like care is shown, but is love given? That's something to consider. Anyway, the last thing I would highlight is how she defined community. She said it's a coming together of a group of individuals who have learned how to communicate honestly with each other, whose relationships go deeper than their masks of composure, who have developed some significant commitment to rejoice together and mourn together and to delight in each other and make each other's conditions our own. Ah, yes. Mm. Mm. <laughs> I was stop gushing here, but yeah, you should read this. I think you can get it um, at bookpeddler.ng on Instagram. I hounded her until she got it in store. So, so go get yours now. New Cadbury chocolate. Oh, sweet, we know heart. <laughs> can you remember that? <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, the last one is ace. What asexuality reveals about desire, society, and the meaning of sex. And this was written by Angela Chen. One of the best gifts that reading gives is how it names things, particularly all the experiences that you've had that you haven't heard about or you haven't seen in movies or even in rom-coms. For example, you know that your first time having penetrative sex might be painful, but you don't get why you feel nauseous kissing someone that you're not disgusted by. You know that this isn't prompted by you being put off with this person, but still, that churn has happened with people, and you're just like, why do I feel nauseous here? You understand why you have zero interest in sleeping with certain people, but can't wait to be with um, other people, right? And why dry spells isn't a thing because you don't necessarily count the days between each sexual encounter. And also how you don't get why, oh, you haven't gotten laid is supposed to be an insult. And it's like, um, okay, yeah. And thanks to this book, I can now assertively say that I'm on the A scale, specifically a demisexual woman. And knowing this, I can communicate my needs, I can advocate for myself accordingly without feeling like something is broken. I remember when I was with someone and it was fun, like really safe, tender, fun again, hilarious, conversational, like consent was 10 over 10 over 10. It was the awkward sex that I was talking about in my first episode and definitely the least self-conscious I've ever been. I don't think I was even self-conscious at all. But it's also the kind of fun that I'll have in the games nights, right? Or at Rufus and Bees. Or when I'm going shopping. You get the idea. So, as you can imagine, I'll choose the fun that I can keep my clothes on for. I'm bringing this up deliberately to forestall any notion that I'm asexual because I've not had good sex before. I think I have. <laughs> but listen, the relief that this book gave me it can't be quantified we live in this world that you know practices compulsory sexuality a term that i learned in this book and this is the assumption that all people are sexual 
and based on this how we connect with people especially romantically it's it's aligned with this idea we define non-sexual people with terms like celibates abstinent and weirdly this word still centers sex as the thing either for religious reasons or whatever but as a sex positive asexual woman i don't actually connect with either of these terms they don't speak to my values in any way and that is okay the gag is there are christians who are on the asexual scale and may or they may not know this but the book does a fantastic job of illustrating how different identities overlap with each other for example how a religious asexual person who after getting married may have you know varying degrees of interest in sex and how this will show up in their relationship for example like people can see this and say they might say things like um but you're free now you should have sex you know it's no longer a sin side eye but it can get difficult to explain that they don't want to and this lack of wanting isn't something to be fixed other dynamics like being disabled and you know the current advocacy being done to see that you can be disabled and be fully sexual and how somehow being an asexual disabled person might be seen as you conforming to the expectations that people already have of you that yeah you're disabled so you're not having sex or it may fly in the face of all of these efforts and all of these advocacy efforts that people are putting in so it's like how do you grapple with that and this book dealt with all of these complex dynamics and so on with so much ease and flow and simplicity and they use like research and stories like oh, it was beautiful to journey through this book i loved it reading reading ace made me look at friendships with a bit more reverence it's it definitely strengthened my resolve to decenter romantic relationship. It helped me understand how some relationships aren't as clear-cut as we simplify them to be. And it's okay. You know, stepping outside the box of sex and romance, it allows us to see what else you can make as passionate and beautiful as you will romantic love. Like, queer platonic relationships exist where you are non-romantically in love with a friend and i'm defining this this way before because queer platonic relationships are devotional and intentional and they have all the exclusivity that is usually assigned to romantic relationships but it's just not romance so So far, I've used sex and romance as examples to pull from, but it's kind of like the only thing that we know. But reading Ace, it just helped me see the other options that we have. It's like, what else outside? What else lies outside this box of compulsory sexuality, right? And Angela Chen talked about how Aceness teaches us on the varying degrees of consent and desire it's not just yes or no and we shouldn't just stop at getting a yes when it comes to participating in sex for example responsive desire is when you're not into it but like you know you warm up to it when you get started compare this to like the spirit soul and body yes you know <laughs> that is willing consent i think that's what it's called willing consent 
so think about it like how do you it's not even that you aim for willing consent but recognize that willing consent is not given in this situation so how do you step back how do you create a safe space to recognize the signs if it's not verbally given you know listen uh i can't fully fully describe the depth that this book went because i barely scratched the surface I, i really tried hard to like capture all the things i learned but i need to like go back to reread it again and again and again but angela chen did the work and i so appreciate that so read the book okay even if you're not ace you learn about desire you learn about friendships you learn about consent and a lot more to be honest like a lot a lot more and again i got this from book because she's my plug i'm so glad these books exist i'm so glad that you know people do this work to make abstract things solid and tangible and they name things and they label things and it just like it just helps me think oh no i'm not crazy there's nothing wrong with me i'm fine or oh this is what i want this looks like what i want okay this is definitely what i want so i'm just going to be referring to this This is like my anchor and that is what these books have done for me particularly um all about love and even more so ace uh that's it for today if you've read this book please send in your thoughts tell me about a book or three that changed your life you can send the dms at hey got a dms you can send a dm at sorry i only read rom-coms or a voice note on the anchor app and if you'd like to follow me on all social platforms at hello and that is hello a a n talk to you in the next episode bye